This time of year, our skin gets so dry, especially for those of us who live in cold climates. So I couldn't live without One Earth Body Care. Their Skin Fix, which is great for your entire body. It's a thick, wonderful salve. You can rub it in your hands to soften it, and it makes your skin amazing. There's a day and night facial oil, which I use every day and night, and it really, really has helped my skin. There's a sleep balm that is also a salve consistency that has lavender and other things to help you relax. Of course, my all-time favorite is their natural deodorant because I am no longer smelly. If you've got a baby, they've got a baby butt saver. The other thing that has completely transformed my hair is their shampoo and conditioner bars. They've got Skin Fix for Pets, which has helped my glue stop eating his paws all the time or nibbling on them. And of course, they also have a pet shampoo bar. Please check them out at OneEarthBodyCare.com. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. So glad you're listening to Health Power. We have a fantastic guest today. We're going to be talking about, among many things, coping with your trauma and the world's trauma. If you listen to the show, you know I've mentioned my daughter. She is an empath. And boy is a world's trauma just pounding her on the side of her head. I mean, it is just coming, coming, coming. And I know that's true for so many people out there. Like, how do we deal with it? And one of the things that I saw with our wonderful guest, Audrey Hope, uh, is she was talking about on one of her videos, you know, is it okay to get your nails done? Is it okay to feel okay when there's so much going on? And then when you do take it all in, how do you handle it? So let me bring in the fantastic Audrey Hope. I'll tell you about her first. She's an award-winning certified addiction and trauma counselor. She holds a Master of Divinity in Metaphysics, as well as a resident addiction specialist certification. She uses her abilities as a clairvoyant psychic medium to heal patients from trauma, from abusive relationships, domestic violence, and more. If I read her whole bio, we'd be here forever, which I just want to get her in. Hey, Audrey. <laughs> so nice I'm also a New Yorker. So there's no BS and we got to get to it right away. And I hold that as my greatest, greatest credential. (laughs) Well, I love that. So before we jump into the topic, I was, I did a lot of research on you and I was so impressed. One of the things that really grabbed me was your work around women and women being brainwashed and real women. If you can start there and then I want to jump into coping with our own trauma tools for that. And then the world's trauma. Right. Like I love to go to the root of everything, right? right. And the yeah. root is really brainwashing. Yeah. I began talking about the brainwashing of women and just to let them know, do you know you're being brainwashed is that question because a lot of them didn't even know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started out in a clothing store and I heard women, they were never happy. It really impacted me. But then it became into the history and the culture of the brainwashing. and then. That just took me on a whole thing. And here we are today with the world problems, which at its root is really brainwashing. It really is propaganda at its root. And this is why I'm so happy to talk today, because I really believe if we could begin to educate people about becoming free, critical-minded thinkers, we could begin to solve the problems of the world right now. Absolutely. Well, expand on that. When you say brainwashing, because when I think of that, I think about so many people who are so extreme to one way or the other. They're just been brainwashed hearing, they're watching a certain thing, they're getting all the same messages. And then the other side is, 
And it's just a big mess. Like, where do we come to the center? How do we meet? How do we find balance? Well, there has to be, you have to take it home personally. Okay. It has to be about why would someone believe these things? You know, what's going on? So it's like the healing of America, the healing of the world. It needs to be, you know, at the root of each person. Why are they angry? Why are they unhappy? What is going on with them that they would just open up to these belief systems that are so damaging? So in healing, it comes down to what I call like a division of the self. And we have to marry the self. Because even with trauma, what is that? We we really can't vacuum it out, right? We yeah. try to forget it. I always say if there was a vacuum, that would be great. Suck it out of the mind. <laughs> but wish. what it really is, the power that we have is the energy piece that we could do a soul retrieval and take back the part of ourselves that we lost from the trauma. Like right. not what people have done to us, but we do to ourselves because of it. Where have we turned and become critical? And that soul division is the root of all healing. And when I work with people, I try to get back and track the spot that they completely lost themselves. You could call it spiritual soul healing, but if you want to bring it to a New York level, (laughs) it's really where you started to be in pain and not believe in yourself, right? Yeah. So um, like right now I'm working with people in cults. Oh, wow. Okay. How complicated is that, right? Oh, yeah. But like, it really is about like putting your hand on your heart Mm -hmm. and taking time to answer the question, not going fast. So this way you are really connected to what you believe. You're slowing down. You're not talking until you really feel it. And then it becomes your truth and not an indoctrination of what people have told you. Because this has been going on in our religious systems, you know, in times. So that's the piece of the soul. And that's my contribution. I saw that, you know, I was working with doctors, psychologists, and I I thought, well, my piece of the pie is a different perspective. Right. You know, one of the things that you were talking about in an interview that I was watching, I thought it was so important is... When you're working with people with addiction, and I often think that people who have addiction issues have childhood abuse or some other things that happen and that they're using. And you talked about the closet and you got to empty that, you know, or they just put it all in a closet. And I always say you have to go through it. Like, but I mean, I, I, I have someone in my life who's anorexic and has a bunch of other stuff and they had a very traumatic childhood and they'll talk in therapy about how their house is disorganized. And I was like, no, that's not, you got, but then I feel like a jerk because I didn't have that experience and it is painful, but you're never going to heal if you can't get to the root of it. So how do we help people get to the root of it? Well, let's also make it simple about the imagination. Okay. Like having someone go inside their body with a flashlight and really see where they hid their true feelings. Sometimes it's a box. And sometimes it's a drawer and you go in there and they begin to see that they hid something. Sometimes it's their essential, authentic self that they weren't allowed, but they actually can use their imagination and get it and then make a decision to like open the box, um, let it out, go into the closet because people in trauma are afraid. I don't want to relive it, right? 
Yeah. I mean, who wants to relive it? I would put a steel door on that one, right? Yeah. So you have to tell the person that they don't have to experience it like that. They can use color. They can use light. They can use fire. They can use all these different tools to get at it, uh, what I call soul tools, and then right. move it out, burn it, discard it. But they don't have to relive it, which... And they feel so calm about that. You mean I don't have to relive it? Yes, there's like a hundred ways we can come up with to get it out of the closet. Oh, that's so interesting. Because I've always see I've always had the ideology that you got to get down in it. You got to talk about it. You got to kind of move through it. And you're right. You're right. Right. But there's different ways you're saying. Okay. Yes, but you can put it in a new context. Right. How do you do that? You put it like. I worked with someone yesterday and she never wanted to see the truth of the trauma and she Mm. found a box under her bed and she didn't want to open it. So I asked her inner child why. And she said, because what was inside was intense feelings. So I said, you know, I helped her understand that if we open it, it'll be really freeing. And what came out was balloons. (laughs) So she was able to transform it into balloons. And then you see it. Because the soul made a conscious decision. I am not allowing myself to be affected by this person who hurt me, right? So I'm Mm going to take my power back in my body, right? Right. And it's almost like how we take care of our computers, right? Mm -hmm. Our body is our property. Yeah. Spiritually. And now when you do, they give their power away, right? Yes. Yeah. I want to talk about your daughter. So being an empath. So right. many people come into the rehab that I work with seasons and they have anxiety and depression, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And they try to drug them for years. And of course that doesn't work. What it is, is an energy thing. And looking again from that perspective of taking in people's luggage and not realizing it. And year after year, it grows, it grows, it festers, and then it could become an illness. So the energy piece of how to protect yourself from the world is very important. We have to have a shield around what's happening. You know, the world is is really in war right now, right? Yeah. And you cannot take it into your body, right? You you have to make sure that I think of a shield two feet all around and make sure you're detached. Because if it begins to seep into the cells, then it's got you. And we have to be careful about the world brainwashing, which is to tire us out, make us fearful, and take away our hope. And that's why I really wanted to be on your show today. And I'm calling it passionate hope. We have to stay vigilant in our hope and our visualization of world peace. We cannot let, oh, this is terrible, terrible, terrible. And over and over, the repetition will affect our energy body and we'll all be exhausted and down for the count. That cannot happen. Yeah, that's so true. You know, I saw this thing on social media recently where, you know, people stitch things, right? So this woman was saying, you need to take care of yourself and turn off the TV. Don't pay attention to what's going on in Israel, Ukraine. And then this guy stitched in. Well, that's really selfish. You have to pay attention. You have to watch. You have to get engaged. And I think. I think it's good to know, but if you know you're super hyper, you know, um, what is it called? She's also an HSP, highly sensitive person. 
Yes. That's not for, then you don't have to do it. And you don't have to feel guilty for being disconnected if you're already suffering with anxiety and depression from your own stuff. I mean, that's as real as it gets. Right. You know, watching the images, you can't unsee the image. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Spirituality is about remaining in the light no matter what. Okay. Like a tree. Tree is very powerful, right? It can take a lot of weather. Before, they sure you know, do. Year after year. So we have to become like trees and stay in this light. I almost use fire too, like mm-hmm. a violet fire through the body, so that whatever comes, my strength is still intact. And I think if we make soldiers of everyone and pillars of light of everyone, we will be able to have a mass consciousness, which is what really is happening. You know, this is a wake up call. And each, if we look at our history, we really have cycles. Yeah, that's and true. Cycles of time. And that's how we grow. We do not grow unless we have a gigantic alarm clock. People yeah. are, you know, spoiled, selfish, interested in their own things. Mm-hmm. So we need wake up calls. And that's what this is. And it is happening, but no one's reporting on it. We're only getting the bad news. So yeah, many amazing things. You probably noticed happened in COVID, right? People made yeah. changes. They they divorced people they shouldn't have been with. You know, they did the yeah. healing that they should have. So, in adversity is the fire of alchemy. You know, to change yeah. and to grow, and that's what's happening. This is a wake up call. We've all been asleep. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because I'll be talking with my husband, and he's really well read, and I'll say, "God, this is like things are like the worst ever," and he's like, "No." They've been bad before. And it's exactly like you're talking about with these cycles. They do feel pretty flipping bad right now. (laughs) Yeah, I'm reading books about before Germany, right? Right. And the spiritual teachers that came, they thought it was the worst time and it was going to be the end. And it wasn't. It wasn't the end. It was a cycle of time. And we're in another one. And I really think the power of the masses to turn on their lights will have a tremendous effect on what happens in the next few years. Right. I want to get back to what you were saying about the cults, because I know someone who sort of went to the, to the extreme to what, you know, and I won't get in all the details, but like to a, like a kind of a, well, not kind of, but a terrifying degree where we're, he's not in my life anymore because he's just as all he would talk about is this extreme, extreme, extreme. And it's all, it's like a cult thinking. How do you get them in the first place to slow down enough to put their hand on their heart and to listen? Because it seems like that's they just so single-mindedly hateful. There's nothing you can say. You know, Lisa, I don't, I've been searching. I've been looking at mass psychosis yeah. and searching that answer. Because I have friends, too, have, you know, it's hard <laughs> to believe. Right. But the way I look at it as they had some loneliness some yes. issues going on mm-hmm. that were never healed. Yes. Yeah. So when you go into a cult, it does so many things. You know, it brings you a group. Right. You belong. You feel like you're getting information nobody else is getting. So if you look at it from having to be healed, that person had an issue that slipped away and was never looked at. That's so true. they joined the club. Yeah. And um, it's, you know, cults eventually end. 
the light always wins. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. So through just keep putting out, you know, put goodness, 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 you know, get them with the light, get them with the light. Yeah. And eventually this too shall die out. But, you know, religion also is a cause. This, yeah. You know, when you work with addiction, mm-hmm. there's so much shame and punishment. Yeah. And, you know, that's where I found it, working with addicts who came in and believed they were going to be punished, you know, for using. And so that that's a cult. When you lost yourself and you gave your power away to an authority yeah. or to a parent or to um, a book, right. that's dangerous. Yeah. So I guess you say, how do you begin again? It is to... to, to not about beliefs. Right. One needs evidence of yeah. the self. That's that's very logical, right? Yeah. So you could begin again and say, okay, to the universe, I don't really believe in anything. Okay, show me the evidence. And just kind of like do an experiment. Yeah. Kind of see what comes. Yeah. Because um, unless you believe it yourself, it's someone else's ideas. Yeah, that is so, true. I know your problem that you're thinking of is, I I hear it, and I'm waiting for the solution for it. <laughs> and I'm so what I'm doing is just trying to heal one person at a time. That's, yeah, no, that's I think that's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, trying. Now, when when you talk about the soul, what is what does that word mean to you? How do you define? Well, it that? means a higher perspective. Let's say third okay. dimension is who your parents are, where you were born. Right. What happened to you? Let's say it's a story, right? right? Well, the soul would be like a higher dimension, sort of mm-hmm. where we go when we sleep. You know, we go to a higher dimension where we sleep. We right. stop thinking. So in order to heal, we got to get out of the story of the earth. They call it the Maya. Right. Sort of get into what happened to us. And I say, who are you without the story? Right? Yeah. I never see an addict like in there. I was like, you want to tell me about it? What you did? Okay, great. But I'm looking at your eyes and I'm seeing the beauty of who you are, that nothing can change. It's like the sacred fire that we're born with. It it doesn't extinguish. And so bringing people to that reality really helps them heal. Like I say, caterpillar to butterfly. Once you become the butterfly, you don't need the caterpillar. So the soul is a higher level of looking at a carpet ride down. Why did this happen to me? Yeah. Why did I go through this? Why why was I born into a family that's <laughs> like this. so opposite of me? And yeah. that's like known as the wound of the tribe because you kind of born right away into initiation of can you survive the family? <laughs> yes. And if you can, and if you do, you're kind of good to go. Because that's yeah. the first initiation. But people get stuck there and they think that's who they are. Yeah, that's a really good point. How do you find who you are if you feel like you're kind of never fit with your family and they put certain expectations on you and they kind of molded you, but you know inside that's not you? Right. That's a great question. So you have to kind of be able to go back to the movie where that damage began. And there hasn't been anyone who hasn't been able to find it immediately by just putting them kind of in a zone and kind Mm -hmm. of seeing what was told to them sometimes there's a finger pointing. Right. You are this. And that finger pointing becomes what you're doing to yourself. 
right? Oh. So they track and they go, okay, my mom did this to me. I also took on her energy of nervousness. Yeah. And I never realized the energy piece of it. People really do are empathic and they don't know it. Mm-hmm. They don't understand their sensitivity to energy. So as children, if the mother is like this, crazy, right. they've yeah. taken it into their bodies and they get nervous. And so when you explain that to them and they see it, they go, oh my God, I took in that frenetic energy. Yeah. Wow. And that's healing in itself. Yeah, that is. You know, one of the things too that you were talking about that I am so big on on talking about with people is being is illness and trauma and the connection. And you talked about a woman who had psoriasis and oh. realized it was because her dad had molested her and that kind of getting yes. off me and itching. And I see that a lot. I matter, matter of fact, I just did an interview with a man named Dr. Clark and I can't remember what it's called, but it was like psycho, psycho something or other disorder. And it had to do with trauma caused by, I mean, illness caused by trauma. Yes, And that you, you know, I knew someone who had tons of like every abuse you could have as a child. It was horrific. And she went to Mayo Clinic for a week and they can find nothing. Now he's saying there is something wrong, but they're not going to find it. And it's not, it's not psychosomatic. There's really an illness caused by the trauma. So you can jump into that. I'm fascinated. Absolutely. The bottom line. Yeah. The illness always matches the issue. Like I'll sometimes say, tell me what's going on in your body, what you feel. Right. That's one side. Yes. Now tell me, you know, what's going on with you emotionally. And it matches. Right. Right. It's extraordinary to see that. You know, Dr. Sarno, the back doctor, did that. Oh, yes. Love him. He was like all about the rage in the body that affected Mm -hmm. the spine. So if you match it and you get people to see it and understand the power that we have to heal. Yes. You know, it's like the placebo that's been tested. You know, people oh, yeah. Told, well, yeah. we have three months to live and then, oh, well, I made a mistake, but then they're gone. You know, that's, yeah. a, that's a story that really happened. So um, the power of the mind right. brings us back to the soul is the power of who we really are, which hasn't been told to us. So that's the conspiracy. We are right. multidimensional light beings. We mm-hmm. are extremely psychic. We are extremely intuitive, but we were taught that we have someone else will be our mentor, will be the end all. So right right from the get-go, our spiritual power has been taken from us. So one of my goals is to give it back, to understand everyone's intuitive and I, everyone's intuitive in a different way. Sometimes through feelings with, and you know, and you get people to experiment with that. It's kind of fun for them. They realize their power that they have, that knowing. They knew. Yeah. They shouldn't have married that person. <laughs> they always knew, but they didn't but, follow it, right? Right, so yeah. that's also how it works spiritually. Like, I always use, you know, wake up. You don't wake up. No, I'm not going to. You're going to avoid the signs. Mm-hmm. And then it comes stronger. And then the yeah. Mack truck comes. And then the illness comes. You yes. will pay attention if there's an illness. Yeah. 
That's so true. By the way, I, I, it's the Psychophysiologic Disorders Association. It's an it's a five hundred one c nonprofit, and love it. And check, look up Dr. Clark, Dr. David Clark. Um, don't go now, of course, but I, I just you know my mother and I talked a lot about her on the show. So she had a really tough childhood, and and she was chronically ill my whole life. And then she died at 57 from ovarian cancer. And she had all kinds of autoimmune disease, food issues, and all kinds of things. And I'm convinced that it, it was caused by trauma. And she did like Western medicine, Eastern medicine. I mean, she tried everything you could do. And, and, but she didn't do the therapy. She didn't look at the trauma. And I remember when my grandmother would come to visit. Oh, my God. The week before, she was an absolute nervous wreck. It was hell. Every twice a year, I was like, oh, gosh, my grandparents. I love my grandfather. He was wonderful. But he should have taken her away from her mother. But that's another story. But I look at my mom, who's been dead now for 28 years, and I'm like, damn it. You know, they they weren't talking about this stuff back then or not everybody. But I I see it in numerous people that I've known. And it's it's a really it makes hard me think thing. of this thing that I discovered called a spiritual bypass, mm, which that? is you do like the technique, but you never do the real healing. Oh, like oh, well, I did the Reiki, <laughs> did the energy work. Oh, I went and I did the yoga and I did all that. Yeah, okay, but you didn't really do what you needed to do to heal, right? You, you did a technique. So that's interesting with people who pray. They just pray or right. even go to AA and never really look at the deeper issues. Right. You know, it's almost like you have a car and you have a problem with the engine and you fix everything else. You don't fix right. the engine. Yeah. So it's important. Remember that game Operation? Oh, yeah. 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 I, <laughs> I was a kid game. in the 70s. <laughs> yeah. I remember. But, you know, you take it out. It has to yeah. be exactly where it is. Yeah. So it can't be around it. Right. Otherwise, you're going to be, you know, so that's what happens with people. Well, I've been to, you know, I've been to church, temple. Right. But that's that's the technique. But you didn't heal personally. Right. So what about people who do the Reiki or the yoga or some other practices? What is it that they're not reaching, tapping into to really get the better healing? The bravery. Oh, that's really good. At the self, to really hold a mirror, it's raw. It's 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 scary. Mm -hmm. It really is scary to look at something you put in the closet, and you have to respect that. We all are the same in that area, right? Right. We rather distract. You know, Woody Allen said, "What does he believe in? He believes in the." power of distraction and it's so powerful it's true we're, we're just always busy and yeah. distracted that was one of the advantages of covid was to sit still right yeah and and not be distracted because yeah. we can get through 20 years of being distracted that's true and we have to stop pause and take that's a hard. look at things that are painful that we didn't want to see Right. And that is healing in itself to stop. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. What happened with the woman who, once she realized the psoriasis was linked to the, the abuse, did it heal? Oh, or? Lisa, I've had a few cases like that. Yeah, tell us about Their these. skin really, you, you know, just improved. And there was wow. no problem. Like, I really believe that we have to, like, 
burn problems. We can't carry them like bags. Right. Well, these are my issues, right? Yeah. I was telling my group yesterday, we're, we're not holding these issues so that you could take them to another rehab. We're going to burn right. them. Now, when you say burn, d- describe right. what you're... The idea of burning, right? Okay. It's, okay. <laughs> it's, it's fire. Fire yes. is divine. It, it okay. is a divine process of healing to divinely burn something, right? And yeah. to discard it. And what people do is they call it the benefit of the wound. They get to carry their issues and use it as, well, I have this issue. So, you know, be gentle with me. Right. And the yes. benefit of it. And a benefit of being a victim. Yeah. You know, sometimes oh, so the like, issue yes. is mm-hmm. none of this. It's just simply you are a spoiled brat and you never, no one ever told you. You're a complainer and no one ever told you. You are really negative and no one ever told you. And now you need to hear it. Right. Sometimes healing is that. Yeah. I mean, what if you know someone who's been through like horrific child abuse and they're, they are annoying and they do complain and they kind of, you know, wear their victimhood. You feel kind of like an ass being like, you know, because you know what happened, but like where do, you know, it's complicated. Do right? Have with people that are not on our level, spiritually speaking, um, we don't have to. Like there's such a thing as psychic vampires. You've True. heard the term, right? Yeah, yeah, explain that for people in case they're not familiar. Well, that's people who are really toxic, who could be our relatives because we think the family, you know, they're our family. Right. But actually in spiritual law, which is taking care of the self, which is our sovereign right, we have rights to take care of ourselves, right? Yeah. We do not have to be around toxic, abusive people. So we're, we don't have to be with them. That's a huge concept for people to, to take. They think they have to. Yeah. But if you start to get into real taking care of yourself and spiritual evolution, it moves here, and if people are here, it's not going to work, even right. with relatives that are toxic. So you have to protect yourself from them and know you don't owe them anything, but you owe yourself self-protection. Okay, and you don't have to feel guilty because they went through well, hell. Well, the feel guilty is what? What is guilt? I know, it's bad. <laughs> no, no, but what is useful. it? What is it? It's a loss of self, right? Oh, I see. You yeah. see, so I'm, you know, we don't owe anybody. We're all here in earth school. Yeah. And we're all in our own class and we really can't save anyone. But we can inspire someone to do the work that we're doing. We can invite them, but we cannot do the work of anybody. Yeah. So if someone wants to be like that and continue, that's their sole right. But we don't have to be in their field. Right. Yeah. And you can't make people get help for certain things either, which is hard. I tend to be a fixer. That was my role in the family. And there's just certain things you can't fix. And you got to take care of yourself. I find that very challenging. So I'm working on that's an ongoing for everyone. I speak a lot about this during the Christmas holidays. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about it. It's about like keeping yourself in a visual, powerful place like you know, kind of like in a waterfall or a fireplace with a shield Mm -hmm. and keeping yourself protected so that what someone gives you bounces off. 
So as long as you are in that lighthouse and shining out, that's what you're doing. And the light will affect everyone like at the dinner table, but you don't have to take it on. There's nothing to prove. There's only for you to be that light. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You understand that because you know, yes, because otherwise you're out of what your responsibility is. And if you're trying three times, please change, please change, please change here. And they're not doing it. Their soul doesn't want to. So now it's on you. Why are you? What's going on with you that you need them to change? Oh, that's a really good question. I guess it makes me sad to watch people I love struggling and be stuck. But it is sad, but they have choices. They can do it, (laughs) but they cannot, it's a law, they cannot take you down with them. You know, it's like people who use and the families. Yeah. There comes a time when they say enough is enough. I'm going to have to let you, I've tried everything. We have to let you make the decisions. Otherwise I'm going to die with you. Yeah, that must be really hard. Well, it it happens. The parents have tried everything and and they they're dying with them and they won't. They they make a decision that they're not gonna do it. It's very powerful to not I enable bet. someone. Oh, I bet. And and when you're working with people with addiction, and I mentioned earlier, my assumption is there's a lot of trauma there. There's a lot, they've got a lot in their closet. Yes. I'm sure obviously everybody's different, but is there a, a certain approach that you take with people? Is that the hand on the heart and kind of getting them to to get in themselves, to get be willing to look at what drove well, them to, to, bring up to escape? Yeah. You bring up an interesting point, Lisa, about mm-hmm. something I really feel passionate about. Mm-hmm. I really do not like labels. Okay. And I hate diagnoses mm-hmm. and the boxes. Right. Because, you know, with Chinese medicine, they don't care what you're doing. They just try to, like, heal the body. It's kind of like that. Like, there's enough people doing that. True. So that's not what I need to contribute. I need to go to the beyond the labels and to see what's in a New York way. (laughs) What's going on? (laughs) Yeah. So there's no technique that I have except to be. My authentic self, a lot of common sense, available, passionate to um, support and love, and then see what happens. Mm. But I do believe it strongly in taking out the shame and guilt. Right. And that seems not a label. Yeah. I would think that would be really hard because we're so ingrained to feel that way. I would, especially if you have parents that. Oh, you should be ashamed of yourself, or how could you have thought that or done that, or you know, that kind of thing. Yes, but when you give someone their spiritual truth of the dignity of who they are, right, and you give them that kind of love, yeah, and understanding, they're like, wow. Oh, that's you know, it's transformative to give somebody dignity. I bet. Do you work with people outside of seasons? Yeah. I have my own practice. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. And people want to manifest their soulmates. Yeah. And they want to make more money and they want things that are also, you know, 
to have a better life. So yeah. you have to find the block. What is your relationship to money if you want money? What did your parents teach you about money? And have it be like, I'll sometimes have like a dollar bill walk into the room and I'm like, okay, <laughs> sit down, make it human and kind of see what their relationship is. Yeah. Well, I can't have it because it's, you know, not spiritually appropriate to have a lot of money. And what you can't have money unless you see what you believe about it and what's happening, you see, right. where you were raised and, yeah. and even love, love, everybody wants relationships. So I always end up, that's what we end up doing. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Working on the relationships. That's true. What do you love most about your work? Um, I love to see the the snap. Mm. Like yeah. you came in this way and two weeks later you're like, wow. Like the wow. Yeah. And I love to see it fast. And and I love to be a part of that. And and then what you know, they're out of that and they're into the joy. It's it happens fast. Oh, that is so cool. It really does. Well, I work with a team and everybody's amazing, so I contribute to that with the team. But the part that that when they realize that they've always been seeking, they've been yeah. a seeker. Right. Like the Buddha, you know, like the great ones, and they're like, Wow. That's yeah. what I wanted. Like Dorothy in Oz, I wanted, you know, the wizard, but it was in my own shoes, you see? Yeah. I really Have believe you... everything's in the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, for me, for example, and I want to give too much away about my siblings, but they've had a much harder time. And they also had a harder time with my parents. And I was a baby and, you know, I was treated differently and stuff. So I think that's where I feel that, sh not shame, but the guilt of like, oh, God, they're struggling so much more than I am. Uh, why, are, why did I, and I've got this wonderful husband, we've been together 25 years. We have our challenges. My daughter is a huge challenge, but she's also a huge joy. So it's not like everything's smooth sailing, but there's just different levels of things okay. that, you know, and I just, yeah. <laughs> well, that brings up the word karma. Mm, interesting. Okay. Okay. So, okay. So in other words, everybody's playing a part like Shakespeare, all the world's a stage, right? Yeah. So there's some karma there and it looks like it's them, but it isn't them. It's you. Okay. So everyone's for you. Just think of that concept. Okay. So your sisters are playing out what you need to heal. Hmm. That's really interesting. Right? So yeah. we have to track what the karma of what you came in with in these particular relationships, the stories that you have, you have two sisters. I have a sister and a brother. Okay. So it would yeah. be the karmic story that you came in with, with each of them that you're playing out. Yeah. And sometimes it's not of this earth. It's something else that happened before you got here. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Like I had a client who absolutely hated, I hate to say the word hate, but hated um, her new husband's ex. Mm. She was beautiful. The ex was like 350, 400 pounds. I mean, and it didn't make sense, right? Right. It just didn't. So taking it to another level and looking at it from a past life, they were sisters in another life. 
and they fought over him. And so there's a whole story. Oh, wow. So if you can get to see things from that level, right. it's really interesting. So there's that other reasons to things. Right. We karmically okay. come here like, okay, I'll take this class. Let me do this. I want to do this, but we forget that we we signed up for the classes. Right. So it would be about your, huh. your sister and brother and what they made you feel like and tracking that. But it isn't healing it just through what you think. Like mm. healing is never really what you think. Okay. It's interesting. It's like it you is think so that. interesting. Yeah. yeah. But it's it, it's some other place around what you think. Hmm. Well, speaking of think, how did you come to this way of thinking? And <laughs> you know, I mean, did, did this is this something you were raised? This seems I feel like this is something you came to as a a young adult or as an adult, but I I don't know. I just well, just my sense. That's so interesting. I think they say that still small voice within of the soul that knows. Mm-hmm. Right. I think I was, you know, born in Brooklyn, Queens. And I remember sitting, listening to music, and I've just always known I had a great purpose. My name's Hope, right? And I was always looking for teachers and things, and I, that's odd. Yeah. You know, most people are out at, like, discos, and I'm sitting <laughs> trying to look at these, you know, spiritual teachers. Wow. And I think I've always known truly a voice in my ear that I was going to do something Mm. that was important and I had to get ready for it. And I think that has carried me through all of the trials and tribulations because I think that to do what I do, you have to be strong. Yeah. You can't just care what people think, mm-hmm. you know, so I to go through mm-hmm. a lot of uh, spiritual training. Yeah. God, it's all so interesting. You're yeah. just fascinating. Well, Was there any, and I'd love to have you back. Was there anything that we didn't touch on today, though, that you wanted no, to make sure No, but I really, you, you got me thinking about these questions, you know, about how it all started. Yeah. Which are really, you know, quite, you know, you're, so thank you. Oh, Thank good. you for making me um, explore. Oh, I'm glad. You're know, a very good interviewer, and, you know, that's nice. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. that. Audrey, tell us all the ways we can find you and connect with you and work with you. (laughs) I'm like, Um, "Hmm." (laughs) um, well, I always believe anybody who finds me, it's meant to be. So yes, um, you can go to my website, AudreyHope.com. You can write to me at Audrey at AudreyHope.com. My my, um, Instagram is at the Audrey Hope. And so those are the ways you can leave me a message and um i uh you know it'll be a blessing (laughs) oh i'm so i'd love to have you back because i mean i'd love there's so many different things to talk about it's just absolutely delightful and everybody keep coming back to health powers five days a week so monday thursday and friday i talk about an article from naturally savvy just something quick and fun like five different onions and how you know best recipes or you know little green you know green tips and why these joint you know, supplements are best or whatever, just like little things. And then I have a great guest like Audrey every Tuesday. And then every Wednesday I have Kayla Capiello, who is a chef and makes all these great allergy-free recipes. And we have a lot of fun. So everybody keep coming back. Great review, subscribe. You can follow me. You can see my dogs. <laughs> you can see some stuff on healthy living at Lisa Davis MPH. Everybody, thanks so much.
Well, that's it for our show today. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you and we would appreciate it if you could please rate and review and leave a comment because the more you engage with our podcast, the more you will find it and help other people find it wherever they listen to their podcast. So be sure to follow us. I'm at Andrea Donsky and at Naturally Savvy and Lisa at Lisa Davis MPH. Thank you so much. And please share this episode because the more you share shows you care. We'll see you next time.